0: It's Tuesday, June 14th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, joining us from the rare air up in uh, Colorado in Denver, where the Guardians are set to open a nine-game road trip, the first of three against the Colorado Rockies. Uh, been a while since the uh, the Rockies and Guardians have, uh, have, have matched up. Uh, should be uh, a, a, an interesting uh, start to the road trip with uh, Shane Bieber on
1: the mound. Yeah, definitely. I think this is the first time they they played a Coors Field since uh, 2017. Uh, the managers are old teammates. Uh, I think from the '88 Indians, Buddy Black and Terry Francona, and Beaver um, Bieber is is on the mound tonight, Joe, and he's been on kind of a roll. He's been pitching well.
0: Yeah, his last few uh, last few starts, all all quality outings except for the. Uh... Sort of the rain shortened uh, start his last time out really frustrating him uh, because he had been going so well he, he topped his uh, his 700th strikeout his career strikeout he's the, the second fastest in major league history uh, to get there tied with you Darvish I believe 93 games it took Bieber uh, 93 appearances to to get to 700 strikeouts uh, he's on on his his course on his way to uh, another All Star appearance.
1: Yeah, you know, it just his last six starts, uh two and two, one point six seven ERA. And uh, here's the, the thing that kind of jumps out at you, Joe. He's only 39 strikeouts, six walks. So he's starting to become uh he's starting to pitch like Shane Bieber And he's he's not doing it at, at not doing it at the uh velocity that we've seen in the past, but it, the velocity is starting to creep up a little bit. He's doing it with sliders and, and kind of, you know, he's really uh, kind of been, you know, the off-speed uh, mixing his fastball with his off-speed stuff uh, very well, and uh, he's had some success. He looks like he's kind of—I don't know if, if you could say he's rounding into shape, but maybe, maybe that's 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 what we're seeing right now.
0: I mean, and, and maybe we were all at the point where we thought he was you know, ready to go and all start again, he missed a good portion of last season with that injury and, and really wasn't built up. And it was a, it was a weird off season with the, the lockout and the delays and when do I start ramping up and whatnot? So it's, it's not maybe a surprise that it's taken him a couple of months to get to where he is now, but now that he's there, there's no reason why we shouldn't expect Shane Bieber uh, to be the all-star Cy Young caliber pitcher that we we've, we've seen in the past like you said the the walk uh you know note is sort of the the one to sort of watch when he's commanding his off-speed pitches when he's pitching to batters and and out them and and out pitching them uh he's he's as effective as anybody in baseball
1: yeah definitely look at uh you know he he had six strikeouts in the game that was you know shortened by rain that he got rained out of you know obviously they came back and won that game against texas but uh, he had six strikeouts and four and a third. Then he goes eleven strikeouts and seven, seven innings against uh, Baltimore. Five strikeouts, one earned run, no walks in uh, in eight innings against in a win in Detroit. He uh, strikes out ten in a loss to Detroit the next time in seven innings, two earned runs. So he's uh, he's rolling.
0: Yeah, uh, as, as far as. What he's able to do, we, we know that, we've seen it, so we're, we're pretty confident that when it all comes down to it that the, the, you know, the, the players and coaches are going to pick him as a guy to be representing the Guardians in Los Angeles. Uh, another guy that we can pretty much you know circle and, and put on the, uh, on the trip out there to L.A. will be Jose Ramirez. Uh, he just continues to do Jose Ramirez things at the plate uh, over the weekend. He just had a phenomenal weekend against uh, Oakland. Uh, whenever there's a situation that calls for it, Jose Ramirez seems to be delivering, uh, uh RBIs for the guardians.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the only question about being an all-star and not being an all-star Joe is whether he, he gets voted on as a starting third baseman in American league. And, you know, he deserves it, uh, you know, right now. And if the all-star game was today, he would be, you know, he should be the all the starting all, third baseman and, uh, we'll have to see how the votes come, you know, hopefully uh, Cleveland gets out and votes for him because, you know, certainly a deserving guy. And I think he's been uh, the starting third baseman twice. Yeah. He's 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 a two-time
0: starter at third base. Rafael Devers in Boston is the other guy who is really sort of pushing and, and let's not take anything away from Devers. What he's doing out there in in Boston is absolutely uh, deserving of it. But I I think we're we're kind of spoiled and we're we're kind of biased as as to what we see every day time and again out of Jose Ramirez you know Devers might give you uh a a a really good uh you know advantage at the plate uh you know he's a he's an excellent defender Jose Ramirez brings the the base running and just the all-around quality of you know he does everything well and he does everything right Uh, uh Terry Francona is is really fond to saying he's a complete package he he gives you, he gives you everything you need uh, from a star uh, player at their base.
1: Yeah and he's basically carrying a team. Devers has a lot of, a lot of help around him in that lineup but uh, Ramirez is uh, he's the little engine that makes uh, the Guardians go for sure. Yeah all right well shifting our attention to you know who
0: else from the Guardians could be going out to Los Angeles uh, right now, there's a there's a push out there on social media, and, and I, I can't say that I, I disagree with it. Uh, Andres Jimenez right now is leading All-American League second baseman in uh, war, according to fan graphs and according to baseball reference. Uh, he's He's had an incredible first half of the season for a guy who, you know, spent a portion of last year in the minor leagues after winning the shortstop job. Uh, is there a chance that Andres Jimenez could be in Los Angeles representing the guardians as a second baseman in the all-star game?
1: I guess there's a chance, Joe, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, as much as uh, Jimenez has played well, the all-star game is still a popularity contest. You still got to have one guy from each team, uh, you know, represented at the game. Um I think he might have to wait. He might have to. Uh, he's having a great year, but he must. He might have to pay his dues for for a year, for another year or so, until uh, you know he comes to the forefront there. Currently hitting three oh three with an eight sixty two OPS. He's got
0: seven home runs. Uh, you know, driven in thirty uh, this season, batting mostly in the bottom half of the the uh, the Cleveland lineup over his last fifteen games. Andres Jimenez. Uh, 308 average, 11 RBIs. Uh, you know his his strikeout numbers are are way down from where they were last year. He's he's putting the ball in play, hitting the ball hard. He's probably one of the Guardians who you know hits the ball the hardest. Uh, you know just based on uh, Statcast, uh, you know barrel numbers. But if you if you look at him, like you're right, uh, Jose Altuve is the guy in the American League and has been for for a while at second base. Uh, Santiago Espinal uh, is getting a lot of buzz in uh, in Toronto as a guy and, and you know they've got a a crazy fan base in Toronto that's probably going to give him a lot of votes to to start but I think as a reserve I, I think Jimenez might have an outside chance if uh, you know if there are some injur- injuries or you know some guys have to miss the game maybe he gets into that uh, final vote for the the last spot on the roster. I, I can't see a, a Cleveland player winning that, but uh, you know, it's always a possibility uh, the way things shake out with those, uh, the ever expanding number of uh, players that wind up going to the all-star game.
1: Yeah. That's a great point, Joe. They've, they've expanded the roster. You know, there's always guys, you know, kind of veteran guys pulling out or getting hurt, you know, in the last, last days before the game, you know, they, they show up, but they don't want to play. So, maybe Andres can get in that way. That'd be great for him and great for the franchise. Uh,
0: Emmanuel Classé, another name that keeps popping up in terms of uh, the potential there, at least for uh, a spot on the roster. Classé is really just, uh, you know, maybe had a a couple of missteps early in the year, but over his last 10 or so games, he's, he's really
1: uh, come out and been dominant. Dominant guy. I think, you know, the all-star, you know, whoever picks the all-star team, you know, loves starters and closers. You know, there's no, the middle, the middle, the middle relievers, the setup guys kind of get, uh, you know, put, put in a broom closet. They get forgotten about, but the closers, you know, are, are well represented. And I would think if class A keeps pitching like this, he, he's got a, you know, he could, he could very well be an all-star last 10 outings for class A
0: 10 innings pitched. He's allowed five hits no runs, one walk, and he struck out 15 batters in those 10 innings. Uh, I'd say it's, uh, that's pretty good uh, for, for the guy who, you know, last year he, 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 he proved himself down the stretch run as well. He, uh, he earned himself that contract, and now he's, he's pitching like a guy who uh, deserves
1: closer's money. Yeah, and it's interesting, Joe. You know, some closers, we've seen this, you know, a lot where they can't pitch in tie games or they can't pitch in blowout games where, when they just have to get work. I mean, they can pitch, but you know, it it gets ugly really fast. You know, uh, A hasn't let that happen. He's, you know, he's been really consistent save situation or no save situation. And that's encouraging. That shows, you know, that a pitcher is growing in, in maturity.
0: Yeah. A lot of it is it's like, Hey, it's, you know, I haven't, I haven't pitched in two or three days. I need to get out there and, and, and touch the mound and, and get a feel. So I'm gonna go out there and, and give him three outs, you know, whether it's in a four run game or a, you know, a game where we're down or, or, or whatever. I I think Class A's approach has really been and and, and he doesn't he doesn't really make way. He, he it's almost like he's not even there. You, you don't really notice until he's out on the mound throwing hundred mile an hour bowling balls at guys that uh that you, you sort of have to sit up and take notice.
1: Yeah, he is uh you know, the uh, the shadow, you know, he's kind of <laughs> like uh, lurking in the shadows and all of a sudden, you know, uh, guardian got a two run lead in the ninth and here comes some monster out of the bullpen throwing 100 with, like you said, with 100, a 101 cutter and, yeah. and a slider at 93 and, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sure the hitters know what's coming, but yeah, it's a good. That's a good point because you you really don't hear him too much, you don't see him too much. He he keeps to himself, and uh, you know. But uh, probably the way they like it on the mound.
0: Yeah, it's probably the way they all like it. I uh, you know you don't need the uh, the the big uh, you know the 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 blaring intro music or anything like that. I, I'll tell you, I guarantee you, in the hitters' meetings before each series, the the opposition uh, talks about him. They know about him, and they. They know if they ever get into a situation where he's out there, that uh, they're in for it. So uh, definitely, uh, guy to keep an eye on in terms of when those uh, all-star reserves are are named, or the uh, you know the coaches and the players make their picks. Uh, Hoinsey, we're into uh, you know this this big part of the the schedule this this road trip. We talked about how you know the next sort of three weeks are going to determine. You know, if the, the Guardians are going to be buyers or sellers and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, what are you looking forward to out of this team on this nine-game road trip where you're, you've got Colorado, who's, you know, not necessarily one of the best teams in the West, and then you've got Los Angeles, who's, who's really struggling right now. They've fallen into a, a tie atop the West uh, division in the National League with, uh, with the Padres.
1: Yeah, this is uh, you know it's a tough stretch, Joe. This is a t- uh, you know Coors Field is a tough kind of the graveyard for Cleveland. It's uh, you know they haven't played well here, uh, you know since the really inter- interleague play started. Uh, it's it, I think even if the, the Rockies aren't playing at their best, they have such a huge home field advantage here. Not only the altitude, but you know the 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 uh, the, the outfield is so darn big that. You know, you don't know where to play if you play it deep to take the home run away or you play in to take the all the all the base hits that fall in front of the infielders. So, you know, that's going to be a a big question, a big question mark. And like the Dodgers, you know, the Dodgers are the Dodgers, Joe. Joe, So I don't know. I mean, you know, I I, you know, they are struggling. Uh, They got Kershaw back, uh, but they lose a Bueller, right? Bueller's on the the I.L. So uh, you know it's really an interesting mix right now. and uh, the twins, you know that's who I'm kind of looking forward to is at the tail end of this trip to see how they go head to head. But you can't look if you're if you're a ball player, if you're the guardians, you can't you can't look that far ahead.
0: And you can't look past Colorado this weekend or this week. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's let's shift uh, shift gears here and and talk a little bit about uh, robot umpires, Terry Francona. Um, was asked about the Florida State League where the robot umpire system, the ABS uh, automated ball strike system is being used in select games that are being called challenge games where there will be an umpire behind the plate calling balls and strikes, but the ABS system will be used and batters, catchers, and pitchers all have uh, three challenges per team per game. Uh, in these challenge games so if a batter's at the plate and he doesn't like a strike call against him he can turn around and say he challenges and then they go to the abs and see if it was a ball or a strike and and that's the result and if you if you're correct you get to keep your challenge up to three and if you're wrong you lose a challenge And you know by the end of the game it's you've either got three challenges or not uh Terry Francona was asked about it, and he wasn't too uh, wasn't too sold on the idea of allowing the players to be the ones to challenge these calls. Uh, as you can imagine, the old school guy uh, kind of wants that ability as a manager. But this is the way that it looks like uh, things are going to go. They're they're either going to use the ABS system, you know, just straight across the board to call every pitch, or you might have an an in at bat challenge per, per guy. I, I, that, that could be crazy.
1: So every, every hitter would have the ability to, to
0: challenge once. No, every hitter would, every team would have the ability to challenge three pitches and you know, it it would have to be done by the hitter at the plate in the moment. How do you, how
1: do you decide when to challenge? Is he exactly meeting
0: (laughs) And, and what Tito and what Tito said was, and what Tito's response was, it's like, uh, you know, you get your leadoff hitter up there and he challenges three times in the first at bat and and then you don't have it for the rest of the game. So uh, there can be what Tito said was there was, it could lead to a lot of pettiness, not just between teams challenging pitches, but between teammates and, you know, hitters, yeah. you know, asking, you know, why wasn't I allowed to challenge that call uh, because I eventually wound up striking out. You know, if a manager is is sort of, uh, uh, you know, judicious with the number of uh, challenges he wants to, wants you to use, I uh, I like to see it. I'd, I'd like to see it in use to see, you know, if he turns around and he says something he's like, "Well, I challenge that call," and uh, it, uh, do you think it will interrupt the flow of a game?
1: Well, I guess if if you only get three times, yeah, I I don't think it would. It would interrupt the flow too bad because you know now they have you know you get one challenge on you get you get to one challenge on a replay, but it would be interesting. I mean, I could see where you would not have fights with the other team. You'd have fights with your own teammates because they stole the challenge from you, and and you you wanted you wanted it to be saved. Right. And, well, and have well, a think, chance and challenge.
0: I mean, think about you know necessarily like you know, and there's still the hierarchies on a team. Think about a rookie going out there and thinking he got hosed on a call and, and using a challenge and losing. And then you don't have a challenge for when Jose Ramirez is at the plate with two runners on in the eighth inning. I mean, that, that sort of all comes into play. There's that kind of thing between a team and then there's gamesmanship. There's gamesmanship back and forth where you're trying to, to break a pitcher's rhythm or or, or something like that. Uh, and you know or if you're if your team is down by 8 runs in the 8th inning and you're challenging a pitch call on an at bat that kind of thing and you know the next guy up gets hit in the ribs yeah. I, I i i can see all those things sort of coming into play but is is this does this sound like the the reasonable step to get that automated ball strike system into the major
1: leagues jeez i don't know joe that <laughs> That sounds like it adds a whole different layer to this game. I mean, uh, it would be interesting. But, I, you know, I if they're going to do that, I would rather just, you know, bo- do it across the board and see how it works, have the umpire back there, you know, and I guess you would have some kind of, you know, you'd have to have a challenge system, I guess. But, but I don't know about the players taking, you know, so, being able to challenge. So you favor a system where... The
0: ABS, the the ABS system is in place and it calls every pitch no matter what. And that's what it is. As opposed to this system where it's still the umpire calling pitches, but he's being overseen in the moment by that ABS. And it can be any one of his calls can be challenged. I, I sort of look at it as this is like the best of both worlds where you've still got the umpire with the human element, but he also has to be better. I mean, if he's missing calls left and right, and there are – we've seen the umpire scorecards that, that come across on Twitter where these guys are, are just terrible with their zones. Uh, I mean, is a guy like Angel Hernandez, you know, going to be able to survive being challenged every time he calls a pitch that's obviously out
1: of the zone? Yeah. Well, what if, what if a team gets on a roll and every time they challenge – you know, the, the ABN, the, the robot umpire backs them up and they just challenge for 10 times during a game.
0: Yeah. Think about that. Think, it, it, I mean, you've got to make it streamlined so that the, the challenge system works instantaneously where, you know, it, it's, it's yeah. shown on the, on the board. Maybe that's the other thing is, could they put this on the scoreboard? Could they put the strike zone on the scoreboard so that everybody in the ballpark can see where, you know, where that pitch was, you're more likely to, to get a, 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 an accurate representation when you're, when you're held to that, that standard and everybody in the park can see it. Uh, I, I just, it, it's going to open up a whole can of worms. But I think, I think it's the best of both worlds with a challenge system for the players where they have to turn around and say, hey, I challenged that call. Or the pitcher's looking in and he's challenging, hey, that pitch hit the zone. And the pitcher can challenge too, then the pitcher and the catcher can all can all issue challenges, not just the batter. (laughs) What if they (laughs) that's great? This is Hoinsey can't wait for the first major league game where the challenge system is in place. He's
1: oh my god, I'll be pulling my hair out. What a Uh little hair
0: I have left. (laughs) There you go. Well, uh that's on the horizon. So keep that in mind the next time you're uh, you're watching on the uh the you know, game day app on on MLB, and you're you're watching these pitches come in and and hitting the corners or whatever. That this technology is coming. Uh, Tito says that they need to re- refine it and and improve it a little bit, but he understands that the the day is coming when the umpire won't have the the strike zone responsibility in in his pocket. So, uh, looking forward to that. All right, uh, Quincy, uh again, Shane Bieber on the mound tonight in Colorado. Uh, you'll have the story for us uh, here on cleveland.com. Looking forward to it and getting back with you again uh, tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk
1: podcast. All right, Joe.